anything else I'm supposed to talk about? I have a handler. So. <laughs> can, can we see the handler's yeah, face? We don't. We don't believe you. Who's the handler? Oh yeah, is that Jessica? <laughs> there you go. It is. Hey man. It is Jessica. Hey. Yep. Hey guys. How you doing? So. I'm great. How are you? Good. Introduce awesome. yourself. We'll put you on the show. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm Jessica. I work with Kevin and the new social media marketing team. So I coordinate all of our projects and things like that that we move forward with that you'll see on social media. So She's the one who keeps me places on time and tells me no when I want to do something stupid. Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macrow. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now... Your host. Welcome to Meet the Pressers. This show is a safe place for people to talk about guns, training, gear, gadgets, politics, and political activism. This episode of Meet the Pressers is made possible with the generous support of Car Firearms Group, the Law of Self-Defense, Nikon Sport Optics, Mantis X, Shooter Technology Group, Henry Repeating Arms, Saber Red, ASP, The Safer Faster Defense Responder 2.0, Lee Armory, Next Level Training, and our Patreon members. Thank you. And our special guest today is Kevin Michalowski. He is the editor of Concealed Carry Magazine and a good friend done some video recording with them in the past for laser ammo. How you been, my friend? Oh, I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you both for uh, having me on. And uh, um, what do you want to talk about today? I don't know if I can stay long if it's a safe place. That sounds like some <laughs> sort of hippie stuff that's going on here. Well, you're um, you're an individual snowflake too, man. We're all special people. All right, that's, that's why you're on the show, man. You're a I, special I, person. I, I don't want to wilt under the pressure of meet the pressers. So, um, <laughs> Nice. Very nice. Touche. <laughs> there you go. See, smart. Mm -hmm. that's, that's why. That's why we like you, my friend. So, your time's probably been taken up with a lot of uh, answering questions about Texas and the shooting in Texas and Second Amendment in Virginia, just like uh, Clint and I have been inundated with messages and responding. In Washington to State and all sorts oh, of other man. places like that. So oh, it's, a, uh, it's a forest fire of, of tyranny all over the country. PA, Georgia has got a builder. It's it's going crazy, man. New York's always been crappy, but everybody else is starting to catch up. Yeah, we're catching yeah, up. Yeah, well, trying anyway. Let's not let them. So. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Absolutely. So you had mentioned uh, you had mentioned a few things there, but before we get into those topics, uh, Kevin, if you wouldn't mind just taking a couple minutes, if you would, and just explain, like, how did you get to where you are right now? What's some of your background? Wow, it's just, you know, a long, strange trip, and I feel incredibly lucky to have uh, wound up uh, where I am here. Um, I'm, I'm the director of media here at the United States Concealed Carry Association. Uh, um, I just got uh, tagged with that title recently. Actually, it's a promotion. So uh, Congratulations. Um, they, they, they put more unfortunate souls underneath my direction and, uh, <laughs> and uh, changed my title from executive editor of Concealed Carry Magazine to director of media. So, Very nice. um, and I've been knocking around this industry for about 25 years. Uh, wow. Maybe even longer than that. Um, back in about 1990. 
B3, I started as an outdoor writer um, in Aberdeen, South Dakota with Knight Ritter newspapers. And I was covering uh, outdoor and environment issues and going hunting and fishing every day. And uh, nice. as, as my life just kept advancing, I kept getting closer and closer to um, self-defense and concealed carry practices. And, uh, you know, there's, there's an argument out there about, you know, what was the first shall issue state uh, um, in the concealed carry movement? And actually by just a couple of months, it was South Dakota ahead of Florida. Florida got all the press because there are no people in South Dakota. So it really <laughs> didn't matter. Um, but uh, yeah, South Dakota, you know, was one of the very early states to um, to have the shall issue concealed carry permit. And me as a uh, young newspaper reporter, you know, trotted right down to the local courthouse and and uh, pushed my driver's license under the window and, and got a concealed carry permit. That's all it took. Nice. And uh, I thought to myself, I'm going to need some training. And uh, that's kind of where everything started. So you also have a background in, in law enforcement. Is that correct? Yeah, it, uh, I came to that later in life. I, uh, I um, you know, started in law enforcement when I was uh, about 40 years old and uh, went through the police academy and, and started working as a reserve officer at the local sheriff's department, got hired on as a part-time patrol officer at the local police department. And uh, so, yeah, I've been knocking around now since about 2005, um, uh, working as a police officer on and off here and there. Um, I'm now on our uh, uh, doing a whole lot of active shooter training with um, not only our sheriff's department and, and our other local law enforcement agencies, but um, our rescue task force, all the uh, fire departments and ambulance crews and stuff like that. So um, that has been also just um, really influential in my training and, and coming to understand what's going on because a lot of people out there, you know, you only hear on the news when things go really, really badly. Um, but when you get to train some school kids and you get to talk to some teachers and then you start hearing all of the credible threats that are occurring, you know, when we have our weekly briefing with the, with the department, um, holy cow, there, there's a lot of stuff that we need to be worried about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you were very helpful in getting USCCA involved with sponsoring national train a teacher day last year. And I, I very much appreciate your, uh, your efforts in that and uh, USCCA is going to be a, a sponsor again this year. Taking that training yeah. to those folks is very important. Yeah, that's something that I really want to continue to push. Um, I'm, you know, part of my job is to change the narrative in the world um, where especially what's happening out in the media right now is just, you know, violence bad. Well, if you think about it, yeah, violence is bad, but um, righteous violence used in defense of other people is good violence. And, and sure, the end results are still the same, but if you're doing it for the right reasons, we need to have that discussion. Um, it's one of the things I say to teachers all the time, too. I hate zero tolerance policies yep. because they take away any opportunity for people to think about something. And um, that's exactly what's happening when, when uh, um, folks in, in the media world have this, what I will call a zero tolerance policy that, you know, all guns are bad. Well, not really. As we saw in Texas, a gun in the hands of the right person right. at the right time can be very good. And true, the outcome is that people did die, but far fewer people died and the bad guy died. And that's what we're after. So we want to stop yes. that threat. And I want to make that distinction between righteous violence and assaultive violence. And, and it's, it's really been an uphill climb. It's it's interesting if you think about like a sheepdog. If you took the teeth out of a sheepdog, what do you expect the sheepdog do to 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 gum the uh, the wolf <laughs> yeah. to death? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he could 
he could bark a lot and that might help sometimes, but you know, right. it, it's not going to help when, when you really, really need it, you know? And, exactly. and uh, um, yeah, I keep, I keep drifting back to that, that uh, uh, the incident in Texas because it was, it was ended so quickly and uh, it, it, he did, you know, just about everything correctly. You know, we, we've done some videos and talked about how we might um, want church security teams to intercede. Um, I, I would have liked to seen him maybe approach the guy a little bit sooner, just to find out who he is and what he's doing there. But then again, there's a delicate balance of how much danger do you want to put yourself in right on the front line. And, uh, uh, you know, the, the truth of the matter is the bad guy got off a shot and then was, was put down and that's what we needed. So, yeah. And, and in that case too, you don't want to put too much undue, uh, I don't know, um, uh, interrogation on somebody in church either. So it's a, I just yeah. had a meeting with a, with a church security leader, uh, locally, here yesterday and that was the thing they're like we it's a happy medium we, we want to talk to people and find out what their intentions are but there are some rough people that come into church that we also got to make sure that we're not interrogating them where they never want to come back to church well that's exactly it i mean you can you can step forward and be friendly and and you know extend a hand i mean right. you hold out a hand for someone to shake your hand and and a, a shotgun falls out from under a long coat <laughs> yeah. you call that a clue so i mean yeah. and, and all you were doing was saying hello to the person so um, that there, there's good opportunity out there to engage with the, with the members of your congregation. And I think that's a, a good opportunity and a great starting place to just get to know everybody who comes to your church. Yeah, I've been asked to consult with a, quite a few houses of worship, especially here with a, a lot of people in the Jewish community after the Tree of Life uh, yeah. shooting that took place here a couple of years ago. Um, and the, the first line of defense are those greeters you know, putting that hand out, talking to those folks, you know, being that first person there to, to kind of assess that individual as they come in. And uh, I, I don't know what the situation was like in Texas to be able to comment on that. But definitely when people talk to me about building their team of shepherds in the church, like you need to have people who are greeters that, that know what to look for, some of those behavioral things to keep an eye out for. Because like you said, Matt, it's a church. We want people to be welcome, come in and, and worship right. and praise the Lord, you know, but you got to keep an eye out for some of those folks that are just acting a little bit weird. Yeah. Just a little bit off. And I, you know, if I can take this opportunity to let people know that we're, we're currently uh, um, donating all of the proceeds um, of our book, um, protect your church. Um, if people just go to the USCCA Facebook page pinned right at the top, we have an offer that, you know what, you decide that you want to buy a book. The book's 20 bucks. We're going to give all $20. Uh, we're dividing it up actually between the Jewish community in New York City, which has been under attack repeatedly lately, and the folks over there at the um, uh, uh, in uh, White Settlement, Texas, at the church there. I believe it's the West Highway Church um, uh, where, the, where the shooting happened. So we're, we're up above $14,000 worth of donations that we're already going to make. So if, if people want to go buy That's a book, great. learn how to protect their church, and then the proceeds are going to be donated to help folks protect their churches. Hey, this is Royce, host of Shooting Straight on WMMB and iHeartRadio. And this is Meet the Pressers with my buddy Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. Personally, uh, I watch Virginia and I'm very worried about what's going to happen down there and, and what people are actually going to do. And I, I wonder what the outcome is going to be. Um, I, I believe that the, uh, uh, the ideas... Uh, behind the laws that are being proposed in Virginia um, are just over the top. I, I don't believe they're going to work, and I think they're going the wrong direction. Um, speaking on behalf of the USCCA, you guys know as well as I do, we're basically a non-political group. We are going to help train anybody who wants to use a firearm to defend themselves. 
Um, but then that requires us to support and defend the Second Amendment because we're thinking about how we are going to use the most efficient tool that will protect ourselves. So um, we are in this arena by default. Um, you know, we, we tend not to pick sides. Um, I will tell people all the time, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican or black, white, gay, straight, it does not matter to me. If you decide that you want to protect yourself, come ask me and I will help you and we will get that figured out and we'll show you how to do it. Um, as far as, as what's going on in the political arena in states like, like Virginia and uh, there's, there's some uh, really harsh measures in Washington state right now. Yeah. Um, yep, we do not support any attacks on the second amendment, but by the same token, we will support anybody who wants to um, defend themselves, protect their family. Um, we, we're here to help people who wanna protect themselves. It's all about empowering people. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we we can have that same debate that, you know, gun control is more about control than it is about guns or safety or anything like that. Um, I would much rather see firearms education than legislation opposing firearms. And uh, um, I think true gun safety comes from educating yourself and understanding what you're allowed legally to do in a self-defense situation and exercising your right to the fullest extent. Most certainly. Yeah, here in Pennsylvania, it just it went into judiciary. Actually, today, uh, they've been pushing for mandatory training. As, as, as you guys probably know, in Pennsylvania, we have no training requirement to get a uh, license to carry a firearm. Just a clean record, 20 bucks and five minutes of your time, you're in and out. Yep. And uh, that's, that's being pushed right now. And I've spoken out against that legislation. And, you know, I make a living training people. Obviously, training is a wonderful thing. But you know, when you talk about training, like I'm all for mandatory training if it's at the grade school level. That's, That's where right. we need to have that training, right? Yeah, mandatory firearms training, you know, then uh, um, you're looking at a, a, a lowest common denominator of training and stuff like that. I'm, I'm opposed to mandatory um, firearms training, firearms defensive training. If we start making something mandatory, do we take away that element of responsibility? Yeah. Um, People need to be responsible for their actions and they need to be held accountable for their actions. So, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, mandatory training. I don't know that we're ever going to get to some agreement on what that training should be. And then, you know, what level of accountability, how are we going to hold people accountable, you know, to make sure that we go through that. We have it in New York too. They're trying to pass a, pass a bill for five hours of training, a written test and a, and a range qualification in order to, to be able to get a pistol license. Yeah, I always fall back to the idea of driver education. You know, great, we all went through driver's ed in high school, but you know, there's a whole lot of crappy drivers out there on the road still. Yeah, yeah so. it hasn't eliminated speeding tickets or crashes, right? Right, not at all. <laughs> so. Yeah, the other thing too with the mandatory aspect of it is, is it then now makes the training only available to those that own a firearm. And the Second Amendment is everybody's right, whether they choose to, to exercise it or not. So why would you limit those non-gun owners from receiving training right they're yeah. implicitly saying that well if you don't own a gun you don't need this training that's mm -hmm. why i was saying if, if you're going to do mandatory training do it at the grade school level but uh, even to go even to go deeper with that you know you teach a kid in grade school and they go to a friend's house that has a gun at least they know what to do and not sure. to do about that gun where you yeah. know if it's just people who have the gun like you said kid comes to the house they don't know anything about a gun they might pick it up and do something they shouldn't yeah. be follow subscribe click the bell like, share. Meet the pressers. Jack Wilson out there, um, he, he did the right thing. And 
what we're seeing a lot in the media now is people trying to spin that narrative and and talk about you know how dangerous it is to have people armed in church well you know the uh, the idea of people not being armed in church more shows what happens when a bad guy shows up with a gun you know yep. and yeah we could we could count five or maybe even six other guns that were drawn in that church and people did the right thing and look you know um, one of the arguments i have with uh, folks who are on the i will say the other side of this debate from time to time is that um do you want bullets flying in all directions in the church? And my answer is always, well, bullets are already flying in all directions except one. I want some of those bullets to be flying at the bad guy. Yeah. And you could see very clearly when that first shot went off, everybody ducked down. And the only two people standing up who were viable targets were Jack Wilson and the bad guy. And, you know, everybody else was crouched down and making themselves small and um, the bad guy was a very clear and what I would say easy target to identify. Um, mm -hmm. If we're looking at deadly force decision making and we want target identification, we had it. And we had target isolation because everybody else was on the floor. So those are the kinds of things that, that people just, people who don't know about guns, especially in the media, don't talk about at all. Um, we had all of those, uh, the, the elements of, of uh, a good, clean, safe, for lack of a better term, shoot that nobody else was going to get injured. Right. right. There was one lady, uh, I think it was a lady that was in about the middle of the screen under the pew, like under the, the bottom part of the seat of the pew. And I was like, yeah, they, they, I mean, that's what I would do. My family shove them under the pew. Yeah. Right? Get them, they, get them as yeah. far, far away from bullets flying as possible. Yeah. You I, could, you could clearly see there in that church that those people had some knowledge of what they were going to do in the event of a, a, an emergency like that. So uh, I was really happy to see um, good reactions from everybody else inside the church. And then, you know, the proper reactions of the people who were armed, you know, they, uh, they drew their guns, but they were looking for a threat and seeing none, then they didn't fire. And that's exactly right. what responsibly armed Americans do. Right. Definitely. It's an right. AII process, right? Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, the one thing that the media definitely doesn't talk about are the, the countless numbers of law-abiding citizens that get to go home to their families just because they have the gun. It, it doesn't even, they don't even press the trigger on it. You know, in the vast majority of times, that, that law-abiding citizen produces that firearm and that criminal usually goes the other direction. And there's plenty of data to support that. Yeah. Criminals like uh, defenseless targets, that's for sure. I mean, they are predators and they don't want to have to put in any extra work. And uh, exactly. um, so the uh, I always, uh, you know, I go back to something I heard. It's probably 15 years ago now. The first time I trained with Masad Ayub is that concealed carry allows the bad guy to make a fatal error in the victim selection process. And uh, <laughs> we're giving the bad guy that opportunity. And if uh, if it comes to that, we get to defend ourselves, we get to go home and he doesn't. You know, once we take some of the uh, emotion out of the argument and it becomes purely logical, I had a, uh, uh, I was at the doctor's office uh, yesterday and, and the uh, receptionist told me that, uh, um, you know, I, I had to give a new insurance card and she says, oh, Delta Defense, what do they do? And I explained to her, um, you know, what the USCCA is and the, and the things that we do. And she said, my son should probably look over your stuff um, I don't like the fact that he carries a gun every day. And I said, why do you think he's going to do something stupid with it? And she stopped for a minute and said, no, no, he's a very safe young man. And I said, so then if a bad guy attacked him, would you be happy that he was carrying a gun? 
and she thought for a minute and just sort of shook her head and I moved on with the conversation. Jeez. It was, uh, you know, she, um, it, it, it's one of those kinds of things where, you know, I, I don't want to go around. Why? Because you're afraid of it, not because you're afraid of what will happen with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the fear of the firearms. And it, that leads perfectly to what you're saying, Clint, as far as teaching them in school, because then you're, you're getting rid of that fear sooner in their life so that they're not beat up the rest of their life. Removing the stigma, taking away, you know, it's, it's not a magic talisman, right? You know, it's, it's a, it's a chainsaw, it's a hammer, you know, if you use it negligently or, or with malice, you have the potential to hurt or kill yourself or someone else, but otherwise it can be run perfectly safely, carried on the body perfectly safely every day and only used for that righteous violence. If that ever comes about. Yeah, and you know, to to um, link back to your train a teacher program and and the train a teacher day, um, there's just a whole lot of people I'm finding out um, as we do go through our active shooter training in the schools in our in our jurisdiction that teachers don't understand that there are capable ways of putting a firearm safely in a schoolroom so that nobody has access to it except authorized personnel, and it, it it's really satisfying some days to see people's eyes light up when they finally figure out what's happening. Um, but more often than not, it's just like, wow, the, these are educated people who just have no idea about what's really happening around them. Yeah, well, I mean, the media has done a very good job of, of reprogramming us. And I think it's much more than the media. You know, you could you could talk about how things are, you know, our, our generation, we're all kind of the same age-ish, give or take 10 years, maybe. But but uh, definitely, you know, kids growing up from the 80s on probably were taught quite a bit that, you know, that's dangerous, that's bad, that's dangerous, and yes, keep away place. from it. And that combined with, you know, you were talking about knowing the laws and stuff. You know, the media always, the guy that pleads the Fifth Amendment, oh, he's automatically guilty. Well, no, yeah. he's, he's exercising a constitutional right. You know, the guy that carries the firearm, oh, he's a vigilante. No, he's exercising a constitutional right. And this is the kind of stuff that's perpetuated in the in in the film industry and television industry to make people think that that's bad. You shouldn't exercise your rights, and then demonizing the founding fathers. I mean, it gets deeper and deeper. Or just the guns that are in the the Hollywood as it is, right? Like I'm I'm anti-gun, but I'll use one in a in a movie because I'm going to yeah. get paid millions of dollars for it. The the yeah. hypocritical mindset there. Yeah. I can tell you a film crew filled with uh, crazy anti-gun people, their favorite day is when the armorer comes to the film set and he has the M16 yeah. or, the, or the belt fed something. That's yeah. their favorite day. That's the day when people that aren't on the call sheet will show up to the film set just because they want to see the cool gun. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, and it's probably almost 90% of the time not being used properly yeah, right. and, uh, and being portrayed inaccurately in in both things like uh, stopping power and abilities and, and all sorts of things like that so it's uh so the um, multiple racks like it's like uh, they'll rack the slide let's go get them and the police yeah. freeze it's like <laughs> yeah well just yeah, remember if ever you shoot something full auto you have to do it from down here and you got to go ah while you do it you got to make that noise you got to yell right i prefer fully semi-automatic i'm sorry yeah. uh see you're polluting my mind man <laughs> What do you do for fun, man? 
What's what's your fun stuff? Maybe your hot. Do you make little ships inside bottles or anything like well, that? Usually, I'm just sitting on the toilet in the dark, drinking whiskey and crying. <laughs> so. What what music do you listen to when you're in the dark? Um, actually, I'm uh, you know I was a child, a teenager in the '80s, so I'm still listening to '80s music and, and doing stuff like that. Um, and for fun, I'm you know building a few AR-15s and and uh, going to the range and stuff like that. Um, I enjoy skiing and hanging out with my boys. I don't get to see them often enough. Uh, they're both away from home now, so that's uh, um, you know off doing their own thing. Uh, one in college, one graduated from college, and and uh, enjoying their lives. Um, and I I hunt and fish when I get the opportunity. You know, I will throw a kayak in the water uh, any chance I get. And I recently bought myself a little sailboat so that uh, I can just uh, get away from it all on a couple of the smaller lakes around Wisconsin and and uh, catch some wind so I, I hear a new show called kayaking with Kevin yeah there you go there we go <laughs> there you go yeah. get your GoPro in the front of the yeah, yeah. this is Augie Macro and Wolfcat founders of the Kitty Petters Union and you're watching Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro Meet the Pressers you know what we haven't talked about yet and we, we should take the time is yeah, that the USCCA's Concealed Carry Expo is coming up March 20th to the 22nd in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. If any of your followers are familiar with my Hawaiian Shirt Friday escapades uh, <laughs> here over at the USCCA, um, we'll be running Hawaiian Shirt Friday at the Expo. Uh, if you wear a Hawaiian shirt of any pattern, not just the USCCA pattern, and yes, there was a special edition USCCA Hawaiian shirt out there, um, if you wear a Hawaiian shirt of any pattern Friday to the expo, we'll give you a $10 coupon to use at our store inside uh, the USCCA expo at the USCCA store. So that's very really cool. Wear a Hawaiian shirt and get 10 bucks for nothing. Yeah, we'll both be there. Uh, yep. We're both putting on presentations. I'll be doing one on body's natural reaction on one of the uh, presentation stages. It's not a longer seminar it'll be a half hour presentation i'll be doing two of those and yeah i got a uh, half hour i think i'm doing on uh shooting on the move as well i'll be using some uh utm stuff Very and things cool. like that we might be on the same stage clint one after the other so we might be so if, if one of us goes long then we can go damn it yeah <laughs> or you could just you could just move while kevin comes in and starts shooting at you on the move and then i could actually demonstrate body's natural reaction yeah there, there you go. go so just to be combined. all maybe we should just and we could get a full hour then maybe we it's should pull. all integrated <laughs> what's some of the new big things are there any big projects coming on uh, up the pipeline with uscca uh you know maybe that you're involved with or maybe just that the whole organization is unveiling well we uh we uh are going to be launching our official partner program at the shot show which is a range and retailer program so we'll be working with the ranges around the country and awesome. people can uh, join up as official uscca partners it's one of the big things we'll be doing at, at SHOT Show here in January. Um, we've also, uh, we just did a, a very fast turnaround on um, Tennessee now makes it available to take your concealed carry permit training online. So uh, we put together some online training for the folks in Tennessee and uh, that's in the water and, and launched and, and ready to go. Uh, we also have a new curriculum for using uh, the CERT pistol um, as, a, as a training tool. Uh, we're really happy with the way that's going and, and believe that can uh, provide some uh, good solid training for folks. And uh, there was one other thing. Why, why can't I get to it right now off the top of my head? Um, I, I completely 
basically revamped the social media team. So you're seeing lots more yeah. and better social mm-hmm. media stuff coming from the USCCA. So that's uh, um, something that folks should be looking for. And uh, it's just going to keep growing and getting better and better over the next couple of months. So um, it's, uh, yeah, we're, they, they don't let us rest here. That's for sure. Well, I, I, I have to say I'm proud to be affiliated with the USCCA as a, as a training counselor, senior training counselor and a DSF training counselor. And what a wonderful organization. The one thing I really love is that you look at what is needed and then you make it happen. And then you'll say, how can we make this even better? And you'll try stuff and it's constantly evolving and you have to be on your toes, which is something I really like. It's, it keeps things very fresh and new. Yeah, one of the uh, base elements of what we're doing around here is everything has to be top quality. I mean, we're not uh, um, when we sit in a meeting and and uh, um, somebody's taking notes and and the topic came up as well. How are we going to make that great? It has to be better than what else is out there, and we have to give um, our consumers a reason to look at it and uh, understand this. You know, we've got to do it right because if we don't do the little things right, how is anybody going to trust us to do the really big things right? when we're providing that legal protection and, and helping keep people out of jail. So Absolutely. Um, we take what we do very, very seriously here. And I'm proud to be part of this team and, and proud to see some of the work that's coming out of this building. Um, we're doing some really good stuff. Well, I think part of that, that spring of growth happened when you came on board, man. I remember the old magazine before you got involved and then uh, things took a huge step forward positively and creatively when you got Got involved. When was that? It was about 2014? Uh, 2013, actually. Uh, 13. January 2013 was the first edition I had my fingers in. And, and you nice. know, this is an aw shucks moment, you know, that, yeah, um, that's, you know, that's about the same time as we started seeing the really explosive growth, you know, moving up from 40, I think there was 42,000 members or something when it first started. And we're well over 300,000 now and, and continue to move up every month. So um, I'm, like I said, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be prouder uh, of the team that's around me and the people that I work with. Um, we, uh, we do some great stuff here. And uh, uh, the goal is to just keep on doing it and keep providing people the things that they need to help them protect themselves and their family. So how do people get a hold of you, Kevin, if they want to learn more about you and follow you, stalk you on the internet, all that good stuff? You can find me online, all of our <laughs> social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, I, probably doing Snapchat or something like that. It's, it's all out there. I, I, I make my team work really, really hard. And to find great information about the USCCA, very simple, uscca.com and go to the website and we'll walk you all the way through anything that you need. You can set up a free account. You can join the USCCA if you want to. You can get free training videos. You can, uh, um, when you join, you get a full member dashboard and you get to watch all of our videos and our our special monthly um, ask an attorney webinars and things like that. We, uh, um, they, they never let me sleep. I, I have to work a lot here at the USCCA. But you love it. Oh yeah. This is the best job I've ever had. Well, I certainly thank you for coming on the show. It's an honor to have you on. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed working with you in the past in the, in the capacity that I have. And I look forward to working with you in the future with some of the new projects coming up. And uh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you guys very much for having me. And I'm sorry it took so long. It's, a, it, it's been uh, just a, a busy couple of months running around oh, here, getting fine. everything ready to go. So um, I'll be happy to do it again in the future if you need me. Well, Excellent. Yeah, stay Excellent. safe, brother. Take care. We've got a lot of sponsors that make this show possible. Check them out and give them your business. This episode of Meet the Pressers is made possible with the generous support of Car Firearms Group. 
The Law of Self-Defense, Nikon Sport Optics, Mantis X, Shooter Technology Group, Henry Repeating Arms, Saber Red, ASP, The Safer Faster Defense Responder 2.0, Lee Armory, Next Level Training, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to subscribe, click the little bell, like, comment, follow, and share. And you can also support us on Patreon, host us to teach a course at your location, or come to our location and take a course. Until next time. Adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers. 